0: Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. Welcome to our sixth lesson in Lessons from Joshua. Today I'd like to discuss with you what we've already been discussing. For the last five weeks I've been discussing the lessons we can learn from Joshua. I started in Numbers, which is where we first see Joshua, and now we're in Joshua 1. We're not going to go past Joshua 1. In fact, we're probably not going to go past Joshua 1.9, which is this week. So if you haven't watched these videos, please listen to these videos. Watch them. Whatever you gotta do, get this word down in your heart. You know, a few weeks ago, I posted a video from this series and I put a challenge out that nobody could watch it unless they were serious about God. And I got 137 people to watch it on the YouTube channel that were not subscribed to me and it was outstanding because people were so interested in something that challenged their Christianity. Well that's what I would tell you today. If you're not serious about God, you should turn this video off because what I'm about to tell you, you're going to be responsible for. And as a matter of fact, you're responsible for everything that you learn about God. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but you have to rely on Jesus Christ and rest in Him who is your Sabbath to be able to manifest what you've already learned. That's what I do, and I'm definitely not perfect. So let me just recap what we've been discussing the last five weeks. We have been discussing, at large, the inheritance. The inheritance that God has given His people. We've taken the situation with the children of Israel and related it to us. So the first thing about the inheritance is that those who have no knowledge of good and evil are the ones who inherit the inheritance in other words god doesn't want you to know what you deserve and what you don't deserve or what will work out and what won't work out he wants you coming to him as a child to receive the inheritance the next thing is the way that you get a knowledge of good and evil is by believing a bad report or an evil report we've talked about this at length i'm not going to go back into an evil report just understand that if you're not going to figure out what an evil report is on your own, please go back and watch the videos because it's very important that you understand what an evil report is. Those people who are going to receive the inheritance, they have to walk it out. They don't get to sit it out. And the next thing that we talked about was boundaries. With all the inheritance given to us by God, there are boundaries. And so, again, I'm not going to get into everything. I'm just touching lightly on everything that we've covered so far in the last five weeks. Please go back and listen to the podcast or watch the videos so that you can be caught up and you can catch up with me today. So, what do I want to discuss today? Today, I'm going to discuss Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Now, I'm going to dominantly be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, but in this session, I will be discussing some verses and some wording from the Septuagint. This is a really, really big deal because the Septuagint offers a completely different perspective than the New King James Version. What I would like to tell you before we get started is something I want you to think about the entire time that you're watching this video or that you're listening to this podcast. Please know that the word Joshua is exactly the same Hebrew word as Jesus. Both words are actually Yeshua. And that is really important because everything that the children of Israel receive through Joshua, from God through Joshua, we can receive from God through Jesus. Yeshua, Yeshua. And that's very, very important to understand. So just keep that in mind as I go through the rest of this broadcast. So while you follow along with me, Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law Be strong and have good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let's talk about this verse, chapter 1, verse 6 from the Septuagint. I'm going to put it on the screen because I'm sure you don't have a Septuagint laying around unless you're a Bible freak or a professional Christian like myself. So let's listen to it from the Septuagint, Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong, and quit thyself like a man, for thou shalt divide the land to this people, which I swear to give to your fathers. So what we find is that God said in the Septuagint, to quit thyself like a man. That means, to act like a man that means to act courageously that's what God is saying he's saying I want you to act courageously Joshua and bring these children into the inheritance that I swore to their fathers to give them now what I want to discuss in particular from this verse from the Septuagint and from the New King James is that I want you to think about the children of Israel. I want you to think about the children who are going into Canaan at this point. Remember, we said that these are the children of the actual Israelites that left Egypt 40 years earlier. Now, these people who are going into the land of Canaan are those little children that were that came out of Egypt. So when they came out of Egypt, they had no understanding of good and evil. They were little kids. They didn't know right from wrong. They were just children. And so they only knew what their parents told them. And that's what we need to glean from this message is that we have had people go before us, but we only know what our father tells us. And that's where he wants us exactly. So these children of Israel, they come out of Egypt as little children and they grow up in the wilderness. They don't ever really understand Egypt. They don't really understand what they came from. Okay. And so God says, To Joshua, I want you to be strong and very courageous. I want you to quit yourself like a man. Quit thyself like a man, he says. In other words, act like a man. Be courageous. Why does he say that to Joshua? The same reason he says it to us. He says that it takes courage to believe in a God that you can't see, that he'll give you something that you can see. You know, about a year ago, in fact, almost exactly a year ago, I broke my leg. I jumped off of a horse, which I've never done when a horse bucked with me. I jumped off this horse and I broke my left leg in three places. And during the recovery time, I spent a lot of time talking to God about what happened. And my whole life, I was raised riding horses with pride. In other words, I can do it. I don't ever come off. I don't ever get bucked off. I can ride anything. This level of pride that had been instilled in me by my family members. So when I came off this horse, it was my own volition. I did choose to do it. And God warned me about the whole situation. I'm not going to get into all of that now. But what he said to me was, when i asked him how do i ride horses now because i've always ridden out of pride out of i can do it watch out look at me and god said he actually quoted this verse he said be strong and very courageous he said you can you have to ride out of courage and out of strength believing that i am your god that you are my righteousness and that none of your bones are broken and that i am watching out for you and that i've given my angels charge over you see because If you don't believe that, then you better not get on a horse because your pride's only going to lead you to a fall anyway, as I learned myself. So that's why God told Joshua that he had to be courageous because he had to take people into an inheritance. And that's a scary thing because we have to get these people to believe in a God that they have never seen. And a God that doesn't talk to them directly, that talks through somebody else. And we have to get them to trust. And that's exactly what God's saying to us, is that through Jesus Christ, as in Yeshua, through Yeshua, in the same way that the children of Israel had to be led, we have to be led into our inheritance. And so we are both Joshua and the children of Israel in this situation, in that we have to walk into our inheritance, right? Remember, we have to walk it out and not sit it out. But we also have to lead others into their inheritance once we know the way. So it comes on both sides. Remember, if you are in him, meaning in Jesus, you inherit. If you are in him, you inherit. It doesn't really matter what you do, and we're going to get to that at the last point. But if you are in Jesus, you inherit. So you walk in and then you lead others in. Okay, that's your job as a Christian. The next thing I want to talk to you about is this business of inheritance. You know, I've heard a lot of people in certain denominations in the Christian faith say that the inheritance goes only to salvation for Christians, meaning that the only thing available to Christians today is to receive their salvation, to become Christians. There is no peace. There is no healing. There is no prosperity. There is no joy. There is no dot, 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 dot. Okay? that come with the inheritance. They've said that it ended with the apostles. Particularly, you find this in denominations that do not believe in the working of miracles or speaking in tongues or raising from the dead or healing or all these things. And so I would like to discuss that because in this verse, Joshua 1, chapter, excuse me, Joshua 1, verse 6, God says, Joshua, Yeshua, or Jesus, we could say, I want you to be strong and very courageous because you are the man, you're the one who's going to lead my people into the inheritance that I swore to their fathers. In the same way that Yeshua, Jesus, leads us, the children of God, into the inheritance that he swore to our fathers, meaning our forefathers in the Christian faith, the apostles and I can prove it to you. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them, to Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Before you get your Bible, or while you're looking for this verse, let me just set the stage for you really quickly. This verse takes place in Acts chapter 2, which is right after the Ascension. And Peter has a revelation that's given to him by God about what a prophecy in Joel means. Okay, so what's happened is all these people are gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit has descended and tongues of fire are sitting on everybody. Okay, and Peter has to explain this because some people accuse the other people that they hear speaking in tongues, they accuse them of being drunk. So Peter is saying, no, they're not drunk as you suppose because it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, this and this and this. And then he goes on to say what is written in Acts chapter 2 verse 39. Read along with me. Acts chapter 2 verse 39 says, For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That means... That if you are called by God and you are because you are a Christian, then you can receive the promise that the Lord was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which means that you can receive the healing, the prosperity, the peace, the joy that all comes with salvation. Remember in First Peter two twenty-four, it says who himself bore our sins. In his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Our salvation is wrapped up with our healing. Okay, so our salvation, our being saved from the wilderness is wrapped up with the inheritance. And so that's what the children of Israel are experiencing at the same time in Joshua 1. Their salvation is wrapped up in the inheritance. They can't get saved from the wilderness unless they go into the inheritance. And inside the land of their inheritance, they have peace. They have comfort. They have provision. They have joy. They have freedom. Everything that we have. Theirs is just looks different than ours does. God was painting a picture, a foreshadow, if you will, of what we would inherit. So let's talk about the next verse in our series. Let's talk about Joshua chapter one, verse eight. What does Joshua chapter one, verse eight say? Read along with me. In the New King James, Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The Tanakh, which I shared with you last time, was the Hebrew version of the Bible. And the Bi- the Hebrew version of the Bible calls it not the book of the law, but the book of the teaching. I like that a little bit better, because some charismatic Christians will get all freaked out when you say the law. We're not under the law, this and that and the other thing. And that's true, we're not under the law. But there is a law in our hearts that God wrote on our hearts. That is what He tells us to do, what He tells us not to do, and it's in here. It's not you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do the other thing. It's already what we know, already instinctively what we know to do because God wrote it on our hearts. So we are under the law of love, right? Jesus said to love others as he loved us and this is the law. This completes and fulfills the entire law. This is our command, okay? And so we are under that law. And so whatever God tells us to do, it is our teaching. And that's why I like this term, the book of the teaching. So then he says, this book of the teaching shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, let's get one thing straight. The word meditate here does not mean to sit with your legs crossed and like do a lotus position. Oh, it doesn't mean that. What it means is to mutter under your breath the words that you've either read in the Bible that have directed you or that God himself has spoken to you. I'll give you a slight example very small, one from the Bible and one without the Bible. So I personally used to cuss a lot. I used to cuss like a sailor and I did not want to continue to cuss. And so I asked God, how do I stop cussing? And he said to me, he said, I want you to repeat the verse that says, let filthy language be put away from you. Right. And so that's, that's it. That's what you want me to do. And so every time I would feel myself start to cuss. I would say, nope, I let filthy language be put away from me. And pretty much, I don't cuss anymore. Sometimes when I get really mad, I still will let some out because there's still some in there that I have to get rid of. But that was me meditating in the book of the law all the time, okay? So that I could observe to do what it said to do, to let all of those filthy language words be put away from me, okay? And so that is what God told me to do with that. But there are other things that God has told me to do that are not in the Bible. For instance, when we were moving from Texas to California, the silliest thing, God told me to make a California playlist on Spotify and to listen to it every single day and to find out all the stuff about California and, and figure it all out and constantly, constantly be meditating on that the Lord has called me to California and constantly be muttering this into myself, over and over and over, and what happened? I moved to California, I knew exactly how to do it, exactly where to go, and God blessed us through it. Okay, so those are two examples, one inside the Bible and one outside the Bible, of how I personally have meditated on the word of God, both the written word of God and the spoken word of God to me, and I've learned how to do what he said do. You may be asking yourself, what do you mean? It doesn't say that. It says that you may observe to do all that is written in it. And it does say that in the New King James Version. But in the Septuagint, it gives us a really clear picture of what that means. So again, I'm going to put this on the screen and I'm going to read it to you. Okay, here we go. This is the Septuagint's version of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 from the Septuagint says, And the book of this law shall not depart out of thy mouth and thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou mayest know how to do all the things that are written in it. Then shalt thou prosper and make thy ways prosperous, and then shalt thou be wise." So what we see from the Septuagint version of that same verse is that God wants us to mutter his word, either that we read or that he speaks to our hearts about our situation. Day and night, that we may know how to do what it is we're told to do. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. You know, We get lost sometimes, and we don't know which way to go, but this is not from God. God wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have good success, and the way we do that is by muttering over and over and over His Word. Well, why do we have to mutter His Word? Well, there are a couple reasons. Number one, death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.21. Number two, Isaiah Isaiah 30.21 says that we will hear a voice behind us telling us, this is the way, walk in it again that's on the screen. So what happens is that we hear the word of God coming out of our own mouth, okay? And I want to take you to somewhere that you may not realize that you need to be. Okay? I want to take it's a verse in Romans. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, that's what it says in the New King James Version. But if you look up this verse in the original Greek, what it actually says is faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So in other words, we we get faith when we hear the word of God, but we get hearing. Our hearing is perfected and clear by the words that God speaks. Now, God speaks through his written word. He speaks to our spirit and through our own mouth and through preachers and other ways too. But there's no designation on how we can hear the word of God. So I submit to you that you will get faith when you read the Bible and speak it out of your mouth. That's when you'll get a faith seed planted in your heart. And the more that you meditate or mutter the word of God that you've read or that you've heard out of your mouth, the more you hear it. And the more that you hear it, the more your hearing tunes in to the voice of God. So hearing comes by the word of God. Okay, that's very, very important because now we're going to see how we walk around in our inheritance, in the land of our inheritance. So Joshua is given these instructions by God to go and take the children of Israel into the inheritance. And then in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God says that he will be with Joshua wherever he will go. He said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He didn't say, okay, when you enter the land of Canaan, I want you to take three steps to the right, then walk a mile to the left, and then, you know, this and that. He isn't that much of a dictator. And so he's saying this whole inheritance is yours inside the boundaries that I set before you, and when you go in there, I'm with you. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, I'm not going to be with you if you mess up. He doesn't say, I'm not going to be with you if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed that morning. No, God is with you. So you can be strong and very courageous. You can be bold because God is with you. So again, to recap, the reason that we can inherit is because God is with us. The reason that we can be bold is because we are in Jesus. We are in Jesus, so we inherit. To inherit, you got to be in Jesus, okay? And so... This is what we find with the children of Israel is that they are being led by Yeshua, by Joshua, the same way we are being led by Jesus, by Yeshua. They are being led into their inheritance and we are being led into our inheritance. Now, when you are in Jesus and you have found the way to go across the Jordan and get into the inheritance that's given to you and that's given to all of the children of God, then it's your responsibility as a child of God, to show others the way. In this moment, you become the Joshua in this situation because the Jesus in you, the Yeshua, the Joshua in you, needs to come out and be a leader of your people as well. So I'm gonna wrap it up for now, guys. I think that's the end of our Joshua series. If you see one next week, then you'll know it wasn't the end, but I'm fairly sure that that was the end of our Joshua series. I hope that you've enjoyed it and that you've gotten as much out of it as I have gotten out of teaching you the lessons we've learned from Joshua. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on our Facebook page, www.ministries. Please don't forget to like and subscribe our YouTube channel in the little button below. Also, you can listen to us on Spotify. If you can't load YouTube, you know, because of your service or whatever, you can download Water, Wind, Wine Ministries on Spotify, and you can listen to us there. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio. You can listen to us on your Apple Music app, excuse me, your Apple Podcast app on your Apple device. And remember that the most important thing is that because he first loved you, you can love. And that's the most important thing that God first loved you so receive the love that God has for you we'll see you next week